1: Hello, Internet. This is Chase, Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to a very special edition of the Rough Drafts podcast. Uh, We talked about week 10 of the European LCS yesterday, but North America does not go to double digits. Instead, we are going headfirst into the North American promotion slash relegation tournament, depending on what side of the aisle you're on. Uh, This is going to be the top two teams from the Challenger Series going against the bottom two teams from the North American LCS. Uh, Two teams uh, will come home with a new spot in the league, and the other two will be going home very, very sad, but still coming back to the Challenger Series next year, I suppose so at least that's something. It's definitely going to be an interesting tournament. We've got a lot to break down and I can't think of anyone I'd rather have break it down with me than my good friend Walter Cadi's Fedchuk. Walter, how you doing, buddy?
0: I am doing great. It was a uh, it was
1: a semi warm, like lukewarm day here
0: in upstate New York on the 29th of March. I got to pull my new grill that I built during that epic Origin versus Rocket series. I finally got to use that grill that took me, you know, less time than game one of that series <laughs> took to build. So it was great. had had nice steaks and uh, some some veggie like vegetable pancakes. It was it was very interesting. Um, so I had a good day, and it's even better because I get to talk about North American Challenger League, uh, Challenger Series, which is awesome because I pay attention to this because back in my past I. Paid a lot of attention to the Challenger Series. So after the LCSs, this is the next league that I always look at. I was like, no, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch the Challenger Series. And sometimes it's ruined by, you know, braggadocious LCS owners who <laughs> say they're doing this is what's best for the scene as a whole. We're going to foster talent and then gets his puppet to go out there and say, guys, come on, like, trust me, like, this is what we're doing. And then not actually do it. Um, but this year it wasn't. It was not ruined by obnoxious LCS owners. If you're not getting the reference, yes, Jack, I'm talking about you. (laughs) Yes, absolutely, I'm talking about you, Jack.
1: Walter, it was very subtle, so, you know, you really got to, you know.
0: I know, but we had some pretty, like, it was interesting. We finally had Tempo Storm enter the League of Legends game. We had a Brazilian organization own a North American challenger team. That was kind of cool. We saw Trick2G make his LCS debut. As an owner in the Challenger series, uh, and then what else? We had Gold Coin United and we had E United, who purchased Challenger spots, and I forget who the sixth team was, but you know it doesn't matter because they're not playing in this Delta game. Delta Fox. Oh, Delta Fox. Yeah, yeah come Fox on, is huh? amateur team. But it doesn't matter because four of those teams aren't here. It's E United and Gold Coin United. Mm-hmm. One of those names I like. One of those names I think are terrible. Against Team Envious and Team Liquid, and both of those teams are terrible, question mark, maybe? I don't know.
1: Yeah. That's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to try to find out, right? That's why we play these games. You know, it's very... It's very easy for, for fans that, you know, are watching the LCS every week and they see these bottom-dwelling teams and they're like, oh, these teams are terrible. They're, they're g- totally going to get screwed over because they can't do these basic things that you need to do to be a good team. And then you remember that the teams that are coming up haven't necessarily proven that they could, you know, perform in that level um, you know, because they haven't played against teams that are at the, uh, the LCS level. You know, if you're losing to a team like TSM, sure, you might lose badly, but that's still very different from a team that might drop a series to, you know, a Delta Fox. You know, it's a very different kind of power level. So this is really going to be an interesting test to see how these two teams, uh, Gold Coin United and E-United, which is totally not confusing at all, guys. Really appreciate you guys just trying to to make things sound uh, similar enough to confuse casual fans, but we're going to make sense of them. We're going to separate these two and really give you a good idea of each individual identity because these are two teams that play pretty differently. So let's start with the second-place challenger team, E-United. E-United was a powerful team in the regular season. They were first overall just from the regular season rankings, but... Uh, they, after 3-0-ing the Big God's Jackals in the semifinals, they fell 3-1 to Gold Coin United. This is a team with Licorice, uh, one, a, a kind of exciting rookie uh, in the top lane, uh, Gilius and Fox, you guys probably remember from the EULCS, and then this rookie bot lane of Deftly and Zazel. So Walter, what? Do you like about EU United? What are the things that that you watch and you get excited about when you see this team perform?
0: So, so there was a joke about when Broken Shard uh, was you know linked to this was one of the coaches for this, and then Fox and Gillies came over. And it's like, oh, here's Broken Shard giving his EU buddies jobs again. herp the de derp the de derp, and. I don't want to be like that, but that's really kind of how United was successful, was the two Europeans in Gilius and Fox really kind of hard-carrying these rookies around them. Um, But to kind of sprinkle like a little flavor into this is Licorice. And Licorice was a fantastic top laner in the Challenger Series. Probably the best out of the six of them. Um, Someone that we brought up uh, during our trade column as someone that might you know, could potentially go on to the LCS stage. I I think I proposed a trade for Darsha Mm -hmm. from CLG. Get some young blood into CLG and give United another kind of veteran stabilizing presence, another lane that they could try and win through. Because definitely and Zazel, while they aren't terrible, they're not bad by any means, Zazel does get caught out quite a bit and definitely is not a hard carry type guy. He is a, a... very much a utility carry. He likes to play Caitlin. He likes to really sit back and let the game sort of happen around him. And then he will, you know, kind of fight from the sides, almost like Samex is over in Unicorns of Love. He's definitely not the guy that's like, I'm going to carry this game. He is more of, I'm not going to screw this up for my team. And the problem was that in the series against Gold Coin United, Gold Coin United really took advantage of that and went after Deathly, and went after Zazel, and said, this is your weak point, this is your pressure point, we are going to push and push and push and push until this thing pops, and the problem was that Gilius and Fox, they didn't really play around the bot, it was much more the top three, they all played around each other, and then once they built up a big enough lead, then they transitioned into the bot, and got, you know, would try and push towers very quickly, and then get Deathly on this Caitlyn, or, you know, the other champions, Ezreal, Sheen type thing, out of that lane, and then just tried to push, and uh, take towers that way the team has some macro issues which surprise surprise they're a challenger team that only played 12 games together before the playoffs that's not a lot of time to really build up a synergy when you're looking at some of the LCS teams that have 40 games over a 9 week season it's an issue I have with the challenger series as a whole but that's a different podcast and a different issue to talk about in its entirety Right. Um, that being said I thought for a long time that united was good enough talent wise i thought that gilius and fox were strong enough players they're lcs caliber players that they might be able to pull this team into uh you know potentially into the promotion tournament and then out of the promotion tournament into the lcs and then the fire nation attacked and double if signed with team liquid and now i'm not quite confident about that um but the other thing is that united is the second chance for dan uh Clerky, this is Clerkey. he used to own enemy he famously turned down 1 million dollars for his LCS spot her 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 and this is his second chance and he's not the outright owner he's like the CEO or the general manager something in that regard where he kind of runs it but there are two guys above him that actually own uh, and are the financiers mm-hmm. and Across the board, the organization has been fairly successful. We're looking in console esports and Halo and or not Halo and Call of Duty and Gears of War and they have a, a CSGO team and there's a lot of they're putting a lot of fingers in different pies and they're having moderate success in all of these different ventures. So I would love to see this team in the LCS from that standpoint. I'm just not sure that a couple of the players are there yet. I think the bot lane is eh it's not good enough for the LCS yet.
1: Yeah, and that is a problem when they're going to be playing Team Liquid in the first round, and we'll get into the kind of the details of that series in a little bit, but certainly you want somebody who can can keep up uh, in the bot lane and really help push that lane, give you an opportunity to, you know, at the very least, you don't want to secede those early towers and allow the enemy to open around the map. I do think that that, Mid-lane jungle synergy is very important in this particular meta. You know, Fox is a guy that likes to play assassin characters. We've seen him, you know, he's played a lot of Rise so far in the Challenger series, and that's been very solid. His LeBlanc has been great in the couple times that he's managed to get his hands on that. Uh, he played a, a very solid Ari, and his Echo was okay... Um, I don't think his KDA isn't necessarily representative of, you know, how he's historically performed on the champion if you go back to, say, his European days. So, certainly, you know, if you can push that lane forward, open up the map in that regard, that's going to be a pressure point that I think you can attack against most of the teams in this tournament, in fact. I, I think that there's certainly a, a path from that side of things. But, they're not the only challenger team in this tournament, Walter. Obviously we have Gold Coin United. Uh they went 7-3 in the Challenger series. They were just one step below EU united Uh they after winning their uh their semifinal series against Tempo Storm 3-0. They go into that E-United EU series. They grab the 3-1. But I just heard the sigh there, Walter, so I know that this is not gonna be followed up with uh I love it so much. Like, that's just not how that sound is followed, so... What are your thoughts, Walter? What what brought that out of you right away?
0: Lokodoko is a stain on League of Legends that I just wish we could get rid of with Bleach. But, uh... But we can't! Somehow he keeps getting jobs, and... The honeymoon period of the first, like, six months with him as a coach always works out. And and listen, every issue that I have with Cloud9, just fielding a bunch of LCS-caliber players, putting them all together and saying, we're going to just get in and sell this spot, I still have some of those things with GoldCoin United. Like, at least with the United, there are. There are three young NA players who have never played in the LCS, that they're getting some valuable experience. That is NA talent. That is building NA talent, and that's something Clerky has been fiercely a proponent of, even despite the fact they have Fox and Gilius. It's not like they went out and got Froggen and Snoopy. They actually got younger players, but they still wanted some sort of veteran pl- presence for these three rookies, essentially. Gold Coin United said not trick. We ain't going to do that. We're going to bring in LocoDoco. We're going to bring in his buddy Phoenix. We're going to bring in his buddy Solo and his buddy Mash. You know, all these guys that we know he knows. We're going to bring this team together. We're going to bring in Santorin. I'm okay with Santorin. I think he deserves to be in the LCS and his departure from energy. Like, how energy ended up happening kind of sucks. It's awful that it ended like that. And then Mad Life. Yes. Mad Life. Yes. If there is any player that does not embody the word North American youth movement, it is freaking CJ Entis Mad Life who, like, created his name in Season 2? Yes. Why are you bringing Madlife, a player who really didn't fit in LCK anymore, that mechanically wasn't this god-tier player anymore, that really didn't do well on the more meta champions? Like, we get it. He's the Thresh king. He's the Thresh god. He's great at Thresh. The rest of his champion pool is mediocre. He's not an exceptional player. This was such a design... We want the LCS spot. We want the LCS spot. We want the LCS spot. We want the LCS spot move that I just I don't give a crap about this team. I don't care. I feel bad Santorin's on this team because I like Santorin. I want to root for him. But when the you have the rest of this team around him, it just there, there's nothing on this team that gets my blood pumping. It's like, yeah, Gold Coin United. And it ends with that goddamn awful
1: name. Whoever came up with that name needs to be Fired. I uh, yeah. That is awful. What part of the gold coin is united? What does it mean for a gold coin to be united in the first place? And if you're trying to do like the you know the soccer or or for European fans football thing where it's just the name of the club and then united, so your name's actually just gold club, gold, gold coin I should say. Like what does g- gold coin like when you want at least a pile of gold? Like one coin is not. Is is really just selling yourself short. It, it doesn't work on any level. I, I do want to say, I think you're being very harsh about the makeup of this lineup. I, I like I'm excited to see Phoenix, for example, a like, guy who I thought maybe was underappreciated at Liquid, you know, statistically, certainly held up better than any no. of the fans would point to. And while no. I, he's not. you and Rainover would have been amazing together. Yeah, that that could have worked out. I think that that would have been a lot better than whatever they did this split, right? Like, at the very least, we can see now that maybe be careful what you wish for when you try to rotate a guy like him out. So I, I'm glad he's getting another chance. I'm glad MASH is getting another chance because MASH is a guy that I still have affection for I from yuck. the Team Dynamic days. I'm oh, I, i I'm not saying... He's so boring. Sure. I'm sorry,
0: not his personality, but I know who MASH me as a, is as a player. He never comes out of the woodwork. There's never a moment where I'm like, Okay, what what is Mashme going to do next? What is okay? What is Mashme going to pick here? I bet it's Siver. He's going to pick <laughs> Siver here. I get, I bet it's a Siver. Yeah. Oh look, it's a Siver. Like he is that player where it's like if you want bland, boring, S- Mendoza line, uh, you know, Wandy line replacement level player, it's always Mashme. Yeah. It's just I need an eighty carry who can be the 8th best, the ninth best carry in the LCS. Hey, guys, it's Don't Mash Me. And he's a nice enough guy when you, the, you know, a few times he's ever streamed and how he tweets and all that. I'm sure he's a genuinely nice person. I just hate watching him play because it's just boring. There is no, there's no pop to his play.
1: It's certainly a lower-ceiling team than we're used to seeing from the Challenger series. You're used to seeing like guys take a couple risks on some young rookies that maybe we don't know what's going on yet, and honestly, that's why you would bring a guy like MadLife in, right? He's not a mechanical god. He has a wider champion pool, I think. He played uh, eight different champions during the nine games he played in the Challenger series, so certainly he can do a lot of things. He's been around long enough you would expect him to, but... Like, the thing that makes Madlife great, as a, as a Blaze fan back in the day, is that he's very good at shot-calling and he's very intelligent about some of these macro things and can help the young guys figure those mistakes out. What young guys? That's the problem. What like, young guys? This is the wrong Solo? team for him to be on. <laughs> like, that's it's a terrible fit. Now, if you had him on E! United, for instance, and I understand you couldn't do that because of Gilius and Fox, but, you know, in a hypothetical world where Madlife was an NA talent and maybe been grandfathered in or whatnot, that would have made so much more sense to me. And and unfortunately, that's kind of the thing about Gold Coin United. It's a whole bunch of pieces where I understand why each individual player totally deserves to be in the Challenger series. But as a whole, I'm not seeing... Like you said, who's the player that's going to surprise you? Who's the player that's going to come out of nowhere and perform just out of their mind? I'm not seeing it. I know you're not seeing it. And that's what they're gonna have to do because it's not like these LCS teams are terrible, you know? Let's let's just quickly talk about that. You know, where where do you think the power level of these LCS teams that are that are performing here in Envious and Team Liquid are compared to the kind of teams that we've seen relegated in the past?
0: Compared to what we've seen relegated. Um Listen, I don't think these are, are, are awful teams. I don't think these are among the worst teams that we have ever had. And if you want to see some of the worst teams we've ever had in the LCS, go check out Mr. Chase Wassmer's article over on Unicorn.com, where he breaks down the 10 worst teams in LCS history. Right. I thought for a while uh, that Liquid might, might very possibly get relegated just because I didn't see any star player on their team. I think Doublelift... Despite the fact that his numbers haven't been fantastic, I still think he's arguably you know, top two player at this tournament. And for me, the promotion tournament, every time I watch it, it really comes down to which team has the better players. Just straight up. If you have the better player, you are more than likely going to win that series. We've seen it multiple times uh, with Froggen in the relegation tournament. When he's the best player, his teams usually get through. And there was, a, there was a, for a moment where it almost happened that we had Froggen in this relegation tournament. <laughs> It's, it's oh, done a double But it's it's that argument of, you know, who is a closer on this team? Who is going to be the guy that, at the end of the day, you can rely on to carry you through to the end? Um, you look over in Europe, and a lot of the time, it's that there is a young upstart on the challenger team that really, really wants it badly, that wants it better than these grizzled old veterans that have been, you know, kicking around for a split or, you know, a year or so. Um, I don't see any of those grisly, those young, like, I really really want this kind of players on e United or Gold Coin. The sort of desperation of I need to be in the LCS is coming from Liquid of anyone. That is the team where it's like we can't drop out of the LCS. This is like this is ridiculous. Some person on Reddit had some crazy con- crazy convoluted idea that it would be the worst thing that ever happens to esports, it'll pop the bubble cuz Apparently, if a team gets money, they are owed a position in, like, one of the best leagues. Tell that to Energy, where they had Shaq and A-Rod and Jimmy Rollins. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Come on. Money doesn't give you anything. Like, yeah, would it make an investor that much more wary about investing? Sure, but that hasn't hurt anyone. The fact that Schalke and PSG aren't going to be in their promotion tournament over in Europe— it's not really going to hurt the investment. Everyone knows the relegation system is there. They're going into that investment knowing there is a potential for their team to be relegated. Right. But out of all the teams, the ownership, Steve, Aaron said, seems to be the one that's really pushing this, we have to be in the LCS, we have to be in the LCS. And that is one moment where I will step back and not be critical of Steve, and I actually like that passion. Yeah. And that is something I will never, I will never criticize him for is that he has been here since nearly the beginning. I will give him that. From the Team curse days, he has been one of these guys that has put his heart and soul into everything. But he is definitely the definition of always a bridesmaid and never the bride. And to see Liquid go out like this, while well, it would warm my heart to see Steve get punished for a very foolish decision, in my opinion, I would, as a Legacy fan and someone that is as passionate about League of Legends, it would suck to see Steve not not be rewarded at some point I wanted to be rewarded for good decisions though not moving piglet into the mid lane and getting a favor called in from his buddy Reginald right that's not what I want to see I don't like that
1: and and you know at the end of the day I, I understand both sides of, of the liquid argument you know for me at some point I, I've you know I've realized over the years you know some sometimes you need to hit rock bottom before you figure it out and I hope that just being in this tournament in the first place is a, enough of a, a shock to the system for Liquid that they will re-examine the way that they handle roster decisions and, and how they handle these management choices and and perhaps even if I'm gonna keep dreaming here how they handle some of the PR things because it would make it make it a lot easier for me to want them to be successful if they cleaned up some of those things. But yeah, no, I mean this is the thing we've said about the Challenger series before, and I think it's something Certainly worth bringing up now is that so much of whether a team gets promoted or relegated is going to come down to who is the best player on the Rift. Who, which player has you know, can have the biggest impact in the shortest amount of time and really carry that fire and passion to, to keep the rest of the team going and allow them to power through any other issues that they may have. Uh, and for this tournament right now, that's Lyra in double lift. As the obvious examples of, of you know who those players are going to be that we can depend on right away, they're going to be very strong. They have the experience. They're going to perform well in these situations. So it comes down to whether E United or Gold Coin United can surprise us and either be so good at the macro end of things that they can completely shut this, this these problems down, which. I watched the finals between those two teams. I'm not so convinced on that end. Or some players just got to go out of their minds. You know, Santorin has to have the greatest weekend of his entire career. Licorice would have to be, you know, you know, kickest level of hard carries, like we saw when Fnatic Academy qualified uh, for the promotion tournament over in Europe. So, certainly, there are some things we're going to have to watch out on that end. But let's get into these actual matchups, Walter. The first one is Envious versus gold coin united we we have obviously a, you know Lyra Sa- uh lira versus santorin is the uh the matchup that i think everyone's going to be looking for is that the one that that stands out to you as the most important part of the series or are there other places where you think that you know the game can turn in a maybe a more subtle way or in a, a way that the average fan might not be expecting
0: so this is this is a battle of can Goldcoin United stand up against this early aggression that uh, Envious has shown they are very good at, and the answer is going to be no, because much like Goldcoin United took advantage of the weak point in EU United's uh, you know team makeup in the finals, Envious is perfectly built to take care of Goldcoin United's weakness, which is Solo. Mm-hmm. Solo is terrible.
1: It's not I, great. I,
0: I, he's <laughs> There's no there's nothing else to say about it. He just dies. He just this is like Camp Diris 2 solo lane edition. Like he just steps up and he is always stepping up in lane with vision, without vision, knowing where the enemy juggler is. No, he acts like he has no information, period, or that every piece of information he has is the exact same. He could have eight wards in the enemy jungle that's telling him exactly where the enemy juggler is, he's gonna be pushing up his lane. All those words die and he doesn't know where that enemy jungler is? Ah, eh, doesn't matter. I'm going to do the same exact thing and keep pushing up. And the best thing that Envious could do is, like, bait him into Rumble. And just be like, all right, Solo, that might be, it's one of his better champions by all means. But he just blindly pushes. He just flame spitters the wave and push up, push up, push up. And with someone as goddamn good as Lyra he's going to just exploit that and if there's one thing about envious their weakness is you take seraph out of the game you take their shot caller out of the game and there is no chance in hell that santorin and solo are going to be able to take seraph out of the game that is that is the key point that is the key to this entire series is whether solo has finally found himself a brain and has decided maybe pushing up all the time with no good reason for it is not a good thing to do and if he sits back more and he uses the information that his team especially Santorin provides him then maybe they can take advantage of the fact that Seraph is kind of in the same mindset but a little bit more intelligent about it a little smarter about it and actually uses his words correctly in the information that they gather but at the end of the day it's Gold Coin United's real strength is in their team fighting phase and Envious is just as good at team fighting as Gold Coin United is. And that is always the issue when you have challenger teams versus LCS teams is LCS teams are almost always better at team fighting because they've been playing together more. They've been in higher risk situations more. There are 40 games that they played to 15 to 18, 18 in this case for Gold Coin United, it just doesn't compare. You don't have the same kind of reps. Yeah. And Gold Coin United is not built to be an early game team. That's just not their
1: play style. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're an LCS fan, you might hear them say, like, well, Envious has better team fighting. And you're like, well, but Envious in the mid to late game, that was a problem for them, right? I mean, that's why they, they threw some of these victories that you would expect them to have otherwise been able to clinch. But you just, you know, you think about what happened in game three against CLG, you know, to close out the season. And I'm not saying that's a, you know, a clean game per se, by any stretch of that word. But what it was was Envious showing for 25 minutes, essentially, we know how to defend this base. With three waves of super minions coming in, we understand the macro, we understand where to put our wave clear, we understand how to keep the enemy team away from our base even when the Nexus Towers are down, and we know how to identify the correct target so that they cannot get enough damage to just backdoor and win. And those are all these kinds of decisions that we think of as just the baseline for the LCS, because if you can't do that, well... Then you're going to lose basically every single one of those series because everyone else can. But in Challenger, we don't necessarily have that same evidence that, that Gold Coin United can do that against a a that kind of talented team. We don't, we don't have that example yet. And I, I think that. You know, it's it's gonna be very interesting to see how Gold Coin United tries to approach it. You know, Solo pushing onto Seraph and, and forcing him underneath his tower, well. Putting Seraph under pressure is usually what LCS teams try to do, but if all that does is feed kills to Lyra or allow someone like Ninja to roam up or, you know, get some poke damage with his Jace, which I expect to see at least a couple times here, that's gonna come back to haunt them. Uh, what about the the bottom half of the map? Is there anything that stands out to you there as something where Gold Con United can maybe try to get an advantage here. So
0: that's definitely where, like I said, in the series against United, that's definitely where Phoenix travels more. He definitely went into that bot lane. Um, allowed Madlife to try and make plays, and I'm sure the Korean connection between Madlife and Phoenix has something to do with it. They're, you know, able to communicate a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, Apollo and Haku are not a a good bot lane, but they're a serviceable bot lane. They don't really Really like get caught unawares. They're pretty good at warding. Um, they're pretty smart of like feeling out the game and going like, all right. They're kind of starting to push the wave here. I think someone's coming. So I don't think they'll be able to. That Gold Coin United will be able to exploit the Envious bottom lane like they did E Uniteds. Um, but at the same time, I don't think Envious's bot lane. It, th- this is like a wash to me. Like Mad Life is a little. It's probably a little bit better at calling games and being in the right spot and the mechanics of the game than Hakawa is, but I think Apollo is a better carry and has more flexibility to his play style than MASH does. Uh, Apollo has shown, like, yeah, I can play like Lucian. Like, I can get away with playing Lucian. I can get away with playing a little bit more damage hard carry style. And for MASH me, if you get him off of anything utility, it goes to, like, Caitlyn. And Caitlyn's essentially utility because you're using her as a tower buster. You're not using her to deal a whole bunch of the damage in team fights. You're really using her to try and fast push towers and build up gold leads as quickly as possible. Um, but like I said, I really think this is going to really, truly depend on um, how the teams play in the top lane and how they exploit the other top laner. And I just have to give the advantage to Envious because Lyra has been so good this split. Yeah.
1: I mean, Lyra is absolutely incredible. He's, he's, in my opinion, the best player at this tournament. And, you know, we've we've heard the North American casters talk about moving gold around the map. That's been one of their, you know, favorite phrases of the last couple of weeks. And I think Lyra is going to allow Envyus to do that with more consistency than perhaps any other jungler in this tournament can can hope to do. It's certainly going to be interesting to see how gold coin united tries to deal with that i don't know what their answer is just looking at what they have at their disposal on paper but at the end of the day walter where do you see the series ending up where what score can fans expect
0: three three one envious
1: three one envious
0: three one envious i think there is a game where you know phoenix pops off because that's what phoenix does in best of series he has one game where he gets on something like leblanc and he just roams around and he gets a bunch of kills and he just deletes someone during a team fight, and it's really hard to win a team fight 4v5. But I think Envious is very clearly the better team, both in the early game and in the latter half. Um, but if GCU can you know, keep that early game lead down to you know 1,000 gold, they will have chances in the late game. Uh, I just don't think they'll be able to keep that gold lead down with how poorly Solo manipulates his lane.
1: It is worth noting, Gold Coin United in the regular season of the Challenger Series, uh, they had the largest gold differential on average at 15 minutes with 1,203. Obviously, it helps to play a much weaker level of competition there. But that is something that they are very used to playing with a gold lead, and that's not something that I necessarily expect them to have uh, in this series or this tournament in general. Let's go to the other series. E-United versus Team Liquid. There's... An obvious mismatch in the bot lane. Is that what determines this series? Or can E United try to, to force things in the mid lane? I'm, I'm, I'm
0: just going to stop you right there. Yes. Okay. Yes. This is, this is a rookie. This is a kid who's played 18 professional games, basically, against the best player that North America as a region has produced. Don't bring High in here. Get out of here! Don't even at me. Doublelift <laughs> is the best player that North America as a region has produced. Bjurikson's European. I don't want to hear it. Doublelift is the best player North America has ever produced. Yes, and he was playing against a kid who's played eighteen professional League of Legends games, and a support that's played eighteen professional League of Legends games. That is and not a Adrian or Matt, and while you know e- neither of them have been fantastic this entire series, Matt did really. Own the challenger series when he was in there with Dardock, and if they can just you know get things going exploit this matchup like i wouldn't be surprised if we look at the stats after this series and double lift has like a 15 cs different you know like 15 cs per minute or something just ridiculous or massive cs differentials like this is going to be a massively exploitative laning phase for double lift and i would expect united to just try and get definitely onto something supportive Get him onto a Varus or an Ash or a Sivir even, and just be like, "We're going to surrender the laning phase, and we're just going to hope that this ultimate is enough, and maybe Gilius can make some plays in the late game, and you know, take advantage of some of the stupid positioning mistakes Doublelift still makes in his career." Um, but I wouldn't bank on it. I don't think Fox is going to be able to outplay Piglet enough to get a massive enough lead where he's just going to one-shot Doublelift in team fights. Right. And I think Licorice again, eighteen professional games. Going against Lorlo, I think this is kind of a wash. I think it's pretty even matchup across the board. Uh will mainly be matchup dependent. I could see E United really trying to get Licorice Nar um and, and try to hope maybe you can hard carry split push that way, but I think Lorlo is a very similar player in that regard. And Rainover hasn't played all that well this year. Um I don't know how much of it we can blame on he's not playing with Hootie anymore. I, I would love to just say, oh yeah, that's it, he's not playing with Huni. Um, but at the end of the day, give him, you know, you got to give him at least a full year of playing away from that, uh, of as good a top laner as Huni was and seeing what he can do. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't been awful. He's been a very serviceable middle-of-the-pack jungler right now, and he balances out what kind of jungler you want to be when you look at Gilius. Gilius is a super, super aggressive, I want kills, I want to do all the damage. And there are some games where he just absolutely pops off and builds all damage in, and you're like, I'm totally okay with that, you're 8-1-20. Like, <laughs> you want to build a bloodthirster? You go for it, dude. I got no problem with that. You've got a 30,000 gold lead at 35 minutes, like, you, you do you, boo-boo. And there are other games where you're just like, did Gilius, is he even sitting in his chair? Like, is he... <laughs> Are, are they actually playing 4v5? Is he taking a nap? And Rainover is the opposite of that, where he always shows up. He always does his job. He's always trying to make plays. He's always trying to get vision. He's always trying to do these other things. But because of the deficiencies of some of his teammates, his numbers don't always look as good. When you look at the raw data, he is not a hard carry guy. He is much better when he is on something utility, when he's setting up his teammates. Let's remember like it was a lot of him and Hooney, and sure he would take some kills in that, but it was because he was setting up Hooney and Hooney was working well with him. He was setting up Pobelted, he was setting up the bot lane. Right. He is not the kind of guy that you're gonna throw on a Kazakh and say go 14-0 and, and, and win us the game. He yeah. is a guy that you put on a Rek'Sai, you put on a Gragas, you put on a an Elise, <laughs> and you say facilitate your playmakers. And when I look at the playmakers on Team Liquid, you have double lift. You have an absolutely kill-crazy Piglet, and you have Lorlo, and matching them up against the playmakers on E-United, that massive, massive gap in the bot lane is enough to tip this uh, in favor of Liquid, in my opinion. I know Clerky's going to hate me for it, and I'm underestimating deftly, but 18 versus 5 years of competitive League of Legends experience. I don't want to go count how many games he's played in. It's-
1: 18 versus that. It's a bit of a mismatch. And I don't think that's necessarily an insult to Deftly to say that. I think if you no. ask Deftly, like, hey, with, you know, what AD carry do you you know, would you mo you know, least like to play against in this tournament? I think he says double lift every time. I've I've seen him give double lift praise on social media and everything before. Uh, it's you know, a lot of these younger NA players model their play style on Double Lift because he's been that, you know, influential part of the scene for as long as he has. So you know i I think it's a fair thing to say and I, I think that's something that's certainly going to be a problem and if you're hoping that like oh well maybe Adrian isn't necessarily as good as he's been in the past I mean by the numbers when he's been on the rift, he's been very solid um, he hasn't always been on the rift and some of that has to do with things that don't necessarily have to do with the game itself but when he is on the rift, he is a a huge threat and I don't know I don't know what their answer is i I, I think the only thing you can do is put Fox on, you know, some Assassin-style mid laner and really try to get him going and allow him to roam around the map. You know, pr- maybe try to pick on Lurlo and help get Licorice going in that regard. But, I mean, it's it seems like a lot of the meta shifts really work against the United here, especially Licorice. You look at his best game so far this season. Uh, it was Maokai, and it was Poppy, and then we saw some Shen in the playoffs. No, the Renekton game was okay. Uh, the Nautilus is fine. Uh, it's there. There are some clear problems there. I I, I think it's going to be difficult for them to adjust to that and deal with all of these weapons that Liquid's going to throw at them. Where do you think the series ultimately ends up, Walter?
0: I think it's a three-one series in favor of Team Liquid. I think there is a chance. Like there is going to be the Gilius pop-off game. It'll probably be game three. It'll probably be they're down 2-0, and Gilius is just going to have this Herculean effort where we're going to go, holy crap, that's Gilius. That He does this every once in a while. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think Team Liquid are better team fighters, which is the weirdest phrase to ever come out of my mouth, and they have the best player on the rift, and that's lift. And to put this in perspective, folks, according to esports wikis, Doublelift has played nine champions more than 18 games. He has nine champions he's played more than Deftly has played professional games. I really don't want to, like, I hate the fact that I'm reiterating this point. He's played 387 competitive League of Legends games spanning back to, like, 2011, and Deftly has played eight
1: teams. It's literally a little above four and a half percent of games compared to a double lift. It's absurd. I mean I, and this is a one of those things where if you wonder why people like us were very you know, I guess frustrated is a good word to use when we heard about the double lift news. This is why. This skews so much and, and I think unfortunately it, it is going to come at a United's expense. You know, Walter, that would send both of these challenger teams to the loser bracket, so this is probably the perfect time to ask, of these two challenger teams, which one of them has the better chance to qualify for the LCS? If you had to pick one to say, like, this is the one I could see pulling it off, which one of the teams would you pick?
0: I'm so sorry, Clerky. I have to say it's Gold Coin United. Um, just because I think they have more ways to win, they can have a really good Santorin like Graves game, and he can carry that way. Um, they could have a Phoenix carry game. They could have one of those games where Mashmi is just hitting every single Ash arrow, or has really good Silver ultimates. You could have a play come out of Mad Life that is just mind-boggling. Um, I, there is always the chance they get solo on like a split push trundle or fiora or something and he doesn't die eight times in laning phase and he gets out ahead and they do you know a, a 1 through 1 type split composition um mm-hmm. and i don't have a problem with the united not making it through like i would love to see Clerky and gilius and fox in the north american lcs i think that would be fantastic i would love to see that brand in the lcs over liquid or Envious. Uh, i think there's a passion there um that envious especially doesn't have i get nothing out of envious like this is a wasted org spot in my opinion yeah. but that's not the player's fault that's i just don't think envious cares that they're in the lcs um that being said they have three rookies they have three young guys they don't need to make the lcs the split they dominated the challenger scene they can do it again And while, yeah, it would be great to be in there for summer for that chance at Worlds, this team wouldn't be competing for Worlds. They'd be back in the promotion relegation tournament next split. Right. You know, unless there was just some, unless they, you know, pulled off some coup where they signed some crazy player. They brought in, like, Prey and Gorilla or, you know, just ridiculousness. Like, something like that. They're probably fighting in relegation next year. So, you know, I just want to see a couple games where Gilius pops off because that is my drug. I love God Gilius. I love watching him play um but yeah at the end of the day i i think gold coin united stands a little bit better chance just because they are a better team fighting team and they have a little bit more experience across the board uh, compared to united yeah
1: i think that's very fair you know it's it's one of those things where when you look at you know why teams tend to struggle teams that don't understand how to adapt to different metas or find a way to make each meta really work for them and and, and have the Kind of experience and, you know, wherewithal to, to make the adjustments that you would expect a, a great team to do. Well, that only comes with experience. That only comes with having played these games and being in this spot. And I don't think if a United, you know, falls out, you know, as the first team to be eliminated, I don't think that's going to be some big failing on their regard. I think that's going to be. You know, it's like when you put a whole bunch of, you know, meats in a crock pot, right? You know, it takes some time to let all those seasonings come in. If you want it to be really delicious, you know, maybe you could have it like, you know, after like an hour or two, but it's not going to be as good. You got to let it simmer. You got to let all those flavors come together. And when it does, then you have a chance to have something special. And that's what e United's going to be banking on. They're going to be banking that guys like Licorice are going to really develop into that top tier talent. You know that we, the NA Challenger scene is often losing, and you've got to hope that definitely can improve on some of these positioning things in time and, and start to feel more comfortable being a bigger presence. And if Zazal can figure that out as well, then you know they'll be all right. But it's going to take a little bit more time.
0: Just before anyone in the comments asks, uh, Mad Life has played four hundred and twenty-two games. In ah, group, according to Esports Wiki. My boy. So, just just before you guys ask me, well, but Madlife played more games? Yes, he has. You are correct.
1: That's, yeah. But uh, when you're at that level of uh, magnitude, I don't think the, the specifics matter all that much. I think it's safe to say both Doublelift and Madlife are incredibly experienced veterans, and Licorice, Definitely, and Zazal are obviously not. Here's the question, Walter. What are the odds that both of these LCS teams maintain their spots because that's something where you know we saw that in europe for a while back in like season four where there weren't weren't any immediate jump ups but usually we see one what are the odds that both of these teams retain given what 95 percent yeah
0: like 95 percent? but because God and Buddha and the all-knowing powers that be hate me, it's gonna be Team Liquid and Gold Coin United because <laughs> Lokodoko has to be in the LCS. He has to be a thing in League of Legends for some god awful reason.
1: Uh, yeah. I I had it in 95% too. So yeah. I I mean I think whether you're a hardcore fan of the challenger scene or you're just looking at these things with you know on paper, I, I think it stands pretty clear where where the gaps lie right now and you know on the one hand i i think that says something positive about you know where envious stands in you know again whether you like it or dislike it certainly steve has put a lot of money and energy into trying to keep this liquid team afloat and it will likely pay off for them and you know, that, that can be a positive thing. If they use this time and these experiences to then decide, well, now that we're for sure coming back, now we can start trying to try out new players to fix the holes that are there. Or maybe we can take some of these guys that are, you know, not qualifying to the LCS now and add them to our repertoire. You know, you have options at that yep. point. And you have to retain your spot to have those options. Yep. So. You know, we'll see what happens. I, I think that this is probably pretty straightforward. I would love to see an upset. I would love to be surprised and for either one of these challenger teams to shock me and come out with something special. Yeah. Just. Please, be United. Please, be United. <laughs> well, you know, they've had more time now since uh, they played <laughs> on 7.4. So there's. You're telling me there's a chance, but. We're telling you this is the end of a podcast episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, It's definitely talk to us in the comment section. We'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear people who are really invested in the Challenger series. Tell me what what your thoughts are having watched all of this stuff, because I always love getting new perspectives on these things, because I don't watch the Challenger series as closely. But you can follow us closely on social media. I'm at RedShirtKing. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? You guys can find me hating LocoDoco even more
0: at CAD's underscore L O
1: L. Oh man. 30 Easy. When does that Snapchat come back out again? Is it uh, is it the day of? Is it the day after they lose their first series? Like that those the memes will be endless, the games will be interesting if nothing else. And you guys should come back tomorrow because we're going to be talking about you know, if these are the worst that the LCS had to offer. It's time to honor the best that the LCS had to offer. It is award season. Walter and I have made our ballot since Riot forgot to send ours in the mail. And we are going to break it all down tomorrow. So until then, bye, Internet. Hey there, C-80s
0: here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash rough pod for just a dollar a month you can join your fellow listeners in our patron only discord channel and help keep the content coming or join our vip club where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content like our patron only q and a's and check us out on all of our social media twitter at rough pod facebook.com backslash rough drafts pod soundcloud.com backslash esports rough drafts as well as on itunes and youtube by just searching for the rough drafts podcast thanks for listening and goodbye internet